The following audio is from Shady Grove Presbyterian Church in Rockville, Maryland. Our mission is to follow Jesus Christ and labor for His kingdom both in our area and around the world. For more information about Shady Grove Presbyterian Church, please follow us on Facebook and visit ShadyGrovePCA.org. I'm Scott Melson, one of the elders here, and I guess Pastor Bill just hadn't learned his lesson and he asked me to speak again since he's, been, since he's gone this week. Um, it's my great honor to, to bring God's word to you today. Uh, before I pray and we start, I just want to let you know I obviously don't preach hardly ever, and so whenever I do preach, there's always a reason why I pick a text, and so I wanted to give that uh, up front ahead of time. Um, obviously, our nation and the world has is, is gone through a, a shared experience uh, just with the, the pandemic and uh, with the ongoing war now, and there's always wars going on even when we don't necessarily think about it. Uh, but the lot's gone on. Uh, many uh, people have been affected economically. Uh, health has been affected greatly. Uh, and so I thought it might be a, a good uh, thing to think about together God's sovereignty over all things today. So that is the reason that we're diving into to Daniel uh, chapter 4, 34 through 37 today. Uh, and so I just wanted to wanted to put that out there in the beginning. I I love the doctrine of God's sovereignty. Uh, it came to me at a pretty, um, after the fact, I was able to look back. It came to me at a very good time in my life when I, right before I started to enter into some prolonged dif- periods of difficulty. And uh, it's, it's been a great truth uh, for me to meditate upon uh, and to learn more and more and more. Uh, and as we'll see today, and as uh, hopefully as you may already know, and, and we continue to learn, but, but God's sovereignty, it elicits praise, uh, among other things. It brings forth praise and adoration to him who is truly over all things. So let's pray together. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, praise and glory and honor to you who is over all things. You rule and reign over the heavens and the earth. By your breath, all things were created. You reign and are providentially over the dealings of men and nations. You have foreordained all things and whatsoever comes to pass. You are holy and good, just and righteous. You are our Heavenly Father. We praise your holy name. We ask that you would be with us now as we consider the great truth of your sovereign rule over all things, whether great or small. We ask that you would help us to better understand who you are and and your great authority over all things, that, Lord, we might return praise and give you glory and honor. Lord, forgive us of the feebleness, of our own feebleness and our inability to fully understand your greatness and power. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not walk by faith, when the thorns and thistles of this life cause us to become angry with you, cause us to turn to our own strength. Rather, to re- rather than to rest in your great and loving care. Be merciful to us. Grow our faith and hope. 
and help us to always set our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Be with me as I speak. Help me to be faithful to your word and give us all ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read the text together. Beginning in Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 through 37. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High God, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Again, without needing to mention, a lot has, has gone on over the past couple of years. Um, it's not as though this is the, the first pandemic the world has ever suffered or gone through. There's, I suppose, been other uh, diseases that have gone uh, throughout the world in, in the past decade, some obviously not reaching the level of, of COVID, of course, the Spanish flu that predates us all here, uh, and many others throughout the, the generations of men. There have been diseases and famine and great difficulties that have plagued individuals throughout the world and, and sometimes in just particular locations. We see Putin has decided to go into Ukraine. Um, I think he thought he'd have an easier time than, than he's having now, but he's thrown, I think, I can't remember the figure, but I don't know if it was a third or half of all of Russians' armed forces, and it might even be at 75% at this point, have been committed to the Ukraine theater to fight. And that has had a great disruption on our world. And while we are a world away, uh, war is an awful, horrible, horrible thing that our world suffers uh, in every age. And right now, as we sit here, no doubt men and women are on the front lines, perhaps on both sides, dying and suffering right now as we speak. Awful, unspeakable things are occurring to women, children, and men right now as we sit here and think about the Word of God. The world is full of thorns and thistles, the world rages, as we see throughout the Bible, the, the world is, is likened to a raging sea. It speaks to the upheaval of all things and to the effects of the curse that, we, that our world lies under uh, in this period of time due to sin. And yet, as believers, we are able to look and we, we at least know and are able to look to him who is over all things, 
No matter how hard it gets, whether it be on a global scale, life is hard, right? In our own lives, we each, every one of us, to some degree or another, some more severe, some more personal and closer to home than others, have experienced great loss and suffering. Loss of a child, loss of a family member, economic loss, whatever it may be, these things are severe and can hit us unbelievably hard. They truly can take our words and breath away and leave us feeling very much helpless and hopeless in this world. And yet as believers, we are able to hear from the word of God that despite all of the things that we see going on in the world, despite the power evident in authorities and in nations that we see and seemingly unstoppable at times, see back, thinking back into to World War II, the Nazis and, and the Empire of Japan seeming initially to be really unstoppable. It was absolutely not a certain thing that the West was going to win that by any means. And if you study that and the different circumstances that happened, there are small things that led to big outcomes that ended up that the West was able to win. There are things that are completely out of our control. And yet as believers, we know that God, not the powers of men or the nations, is in charge. And he rules and exercises dominion absolutely over all things. No matter how small, as, as Dr. Sproul had said, and I guess he's no, well known for saying, there's no maverick molecule in the universe. He's sovereign over our daily lives. He's sovereign over the course of history, over the wars waged, over the economic downturn and upheaval. He is sovereign over the good things and the blessings. He is sovereign over all things. And this passage is a pretty stark reminder, a wonderful illustration of that fact. And it's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. Here we have Nebuchadnezzar, a great display of the power of the world at that time. There was no one on the world stage that was more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar. And he flattered himself very much of that fact, oftentimes. Total nut. Um, really took a lot to try to get to the place where he, he comes to in, in verse 34 through 37. You'd, you'd think, you know, some of the things that had happened to him prior to this experience, you'd think surely if he saw that happen, he'd know that he's not in charge, that God is in charge. He clearly does not have a grasp on anything that happens in his life. But no, despite the unbelievable things that he has seen up till now, it took a great humiliation uh, to be experienced for him to, to grasp this. And I, I believe sincerely, uh, it's, some, some think that he's not necessarily saved, and, and others do. I think perhaps he, he was. But Nebuchadnezzar, he, he goes out on his, his portico, and he, he looks out at everything, and he's been steamrolling everybody. I mean, his army, he goes to war, and he wins. He subdues people. If he wants slaves, he takes slaves. If he wants more money, he takes more money. I mean, he, he does whatever he wants to do. And he goes out on his portico and he, he surveys his whole kingdom. And he says, oh, man, look, look at all the things that I've done. 
Look at all the wealth that I've amassed. And he just told Daniel a dream that he had. And Daniel said, look, this is what's, you're the tree. And you're going to get hacked down. And again, he, go, he just goes out and he's got the, the temerity to say, look at everything that I've done. And you know what? Among the children of men, was there anybody else who could come close to saying that? And, and feel like they have might, somewhat of a late, and we know they don't have a late to stand on, but he could say, look, look what I've done. Was there anyone that had the possessions that he had? No. Was there anyone that commanded the power and, and had the control over people, the peoples of the earth, like Nebuchadnezzar had? Absolutely not. And he went out and he said, look at everything I've done. And while the word was still in his mouth, his, the, the, the dream that he had and, and that Daniel said, look, this is going to happen to you. It came true. Can you think of a more stark contrast? This man who was literally over everything from a human standpoint went from the highest of heights to literally crawling around on the ground and eating grass. Truly, what he says in verse 37 now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just. And he knew this firsthand. Those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. There was, there was never a greater, well, except for Christ humbling himself, but there was never a greater disparity going from the top of the top to the lowest of the low. He is out there eating grass. He's probably unrecognizable as a man. His hair is overgrown. And he suffers that great humiliation. And yet God meant this to be a, a lesson to all who comes after. That it is not man who is sovereign. It is not the greatest of empires that dictate the course of life and of history. It is not ultimately the most powerful man or men or women in history but it is God who is over them and who sets them where they sit for however long he determines that is in control of all things. And Nebuchadnezzar learned this the hard way. And when he came to his senses, when, when see, God said, you're going you're, you're to be in this place until I tell you you're not going to be there and I'm going to restore you. So you can see God's sovereignty there. He said, this is going to happen to you, it happened. All of the circumstances that God said would happen, happened. And he said, it's going to happen for, you know, seven days or whatever. It's going to happen. I forget what it was. But it's going to happen until I've determined the length of the humiliation. And then you'll be restored. And so he is experiencing, uh, he's out to pasture for a little while. And then God brings him back in and determine the time's up. And we see Nebuchadnezzar, who is always quick to boast about himself and to, being, and to heap praise upon himself, we see a very different Nebuchadnezzar. It says he lifts his eyes. Until then, everybody was lifting their eyes to Nebuchadnezzar. He built a statue for himself. He wanted to be the great everything. And now this man was humbled and he lifts his eyes to heaven. He now recognizes what true power is, and who, in whom, who, tr who true power and authority resides. And he gives us unbelievable praise. 
For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. How long does the span of God's rule last? This is a monopoly question. If you get this wrong, go directly to jail. If you pass go, don't collect 200. This is easy. It's an everlasting dominion. From all eternity, who was there? What powers existed from all eternity past? God alone. God alone is eternal. In the beginning, God. Before creation, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was. Nothing else. There is no external power. All power of men and angels is derived power from God. His dominion, his rule, his authority is from everlasting. And we see this when he speaks all things into existence. He doesn't use something that was previously made. He just speaks and everything is created. The angels and heavenly hosts, the earth, the stars, every beast of the field, every speck of dust. He speaks all things into, an exist into existence because he is God who is over all and forever blessed. His dominion is from all eternity. It is present dominion. His dominion does not cease in the course of history, the history of men. As we look around and, and see all the different things happening in our world, all the different things that, that happen in your life, he exercises absolute authority over the minutest detail of your life, over every thought and word and action. God is sovereignly orchestrating and providentially overseeing and carrying out his will and perfect plan. His dominion is everlasting. Nebuchadnezzar's dominion was whatever God gave him. His authority had bounds. God's authority has no bounds. His dominion is over both great and small. God, his dominion is over good and evil. Remember Job, when, when Job lost all that he had. I mean, can you imagine that? We, it's really easy to read stories, and you kind of like, you're not in them. And it's really easy to read Job and just kind of think, oh, Job's a really great story. Like, what did Job lose? He lost all of his children. Who cares about the farm, right? Like, he lost his kids. And his wife says, curse God and die. Like, whether that was sincere, whatever, whatever manner or spirit that was spoken from, she said, curse God and die. And Job says, we receive good from God. Shall we not also receive evil from him as well? I want to read to you Isaiah 45, and some of it I'll reference now, and others, if I remember, I'll circle back to. But this is an awesome verse, or I'm sorry, chapter. Here, Isaiah 45, in relation to God being over the good and the evil. 
Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him, and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him, that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you. Though you do not know me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Beside me there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that the people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I form the light and create the darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all things. Now when we say God is over good and evil, it's easy to say God is over the good. We got that. It's, it's difficult sometimes for us to say God is sovereign over evil, and, and yet he is. And, and while it's not necessarily in the purview of today's sermon to go into depth of uh, his sovereignty over all things and give a full explanation of everything. When we say God is over evil, he, he is, has, is and has ordained all things and yet so as that there is no guilt that attaches to him. And he is not the author of evil. And yet, it's not as though God is simply withholding his providential governance over all things when bad things happen. Satan went to God and said, God, can I, you know, your servant Job, you know, what can I do with him? He'll curse you to your face if I go and, and you know, all the things are taken from him. And God says, you know, Satan, he's in your hands to do with, you, to do with him as, as you please. Who struck Job's family down? Did Satan? Yeah. Did God? Yes. Job does not look ultimately to Satan. He looks ultimately to God. And at the end, he gives praise to God. God is sovereign over the good and the bad. And that ought to give us comfort. It doesn't make the hard things and the severely difficult things less hard and less severely difficult. It doesn't remove the pain. It doesn't remove the anguish. It doesn't remove death. It doesn't remove suffering. But my friends, if we don't have a sovereign God, when we pray, we, we're just hoping we win the lottery. We're just hoping somehow, in some way, this God that we pray to will, will, will click on. The engine will start, and for our, for our peculiar, particular circumstance, this will happen, and he will deliver me from this. But at the end of the day, I really don't know. No. When we pray, we pray to a God who is utterly and absolutely, unapologetically sovereign. And he absolutely can do and does according to all that he wills, according to the secret counsel. As we read earlier in Daniel today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they went to Nebuchadnezzar and they said, look, you know, you can throw us in this fire. 
and God can deliver us. You, you think that was a bad day? Like a, a, a bigger than a small issue, right? Like they're about ready to get thrown into the flames. I'd say that's a pretty bad day. It doesn't get much worse than that. And they said to Nebuchadnezzar, you can do this and our God can deliver us. But if he does not, he's God. So you do with us what you want. But they were looking higher than Nebuchadnezzar. They were looking to the one who is in absolute and utter control. Things going on in, in Russia and, and the pandemic has created and is creating still great suffering. People are losing their lives, suffering torture with COVID. Many of us here have had the, you know, the disease itself and people are still suffering. I had the disease and it was like a cold and then a month later, uh, it was the worst thing I've ever gone through. Um, and and no, there's no doctor that can really tell me what, what happened. And, and as you and I go through things like that, I don't know about you, but the sovereignty of God, I don't, I don't know what I, I can think upon that is more precious to me. God, this is awful. I wanted to die. And I, I had very bad thoughts in three distinct times. It was so bad and so acute and so severe. And I said, but I said, God, and I remember lying on the, on, on the ER bed and I was looking to Melanie, my wife, and I started giving her instructions about our kids and how I wanted them to be raised when I was gone. That's how bad I was. And I said, God, if you take me today, then take me. But, but I know that you are sovereign over all these things. I don't want to go, but you are sovereign and you are in control of this. And he didn't take me that day, and things got even worse. And there were three times where I had thoughts that I hope none of you ever go through. And I kept reminding myself, God is in control, and he is sovereign, and, and he is just, and he is true, and all his ways are good and righteous and holy and he is my loving father. And he has seen fit to send this upon me and to suffer this. That was my suffering for COVID. There are others who have gone through suffering that I can't even compare with. And loss that I can't even compare with. But only the believer can look to a heavenly father and say, God... Not my will, but yours be done. I see your hand in this. And though he slay me, I will praise his name. The most wicked act in all of history was foreordained and according to the eternal counsel of the Most High God. The Lord Jesus Christ in the garden said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But not my will, but yours be done. He knew that he would hang on a cross and suffer true, real abandonment 
the likes of which we will probably never understand throughout all eternity. And yet he knew that his God, his Father, sovereignly oversaw and orchestrated the events of that great and terrible day. And his trust did not waver or fail, but was lodged in his loving Father. His dominion is everlasting, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. Take great comfort, Christian. God is sovereign over your life. He's sovereign over your economic difficulties. My parents, you know, I mean, there are people who have gone through much worse things, I'm not, but my parents have gone through great financial difficulties, great struggles, great hardship. I've seen a lot of hardship in my life. You guys, I've, I've seen into your lives, and you've had great hardship in your life. Your loving Heavenly Father is taking you through those times so that throughout all eternity we will continue to praise Him and give Him glory and honor for those things that He has wrought in our lives and taken us through and sustained us. His kingdom is unshakable kingdom. We'll end through this. I'm, I'm very good at, uh, at just kind of ending abruptly. But it's, it's, like it's past 12, so we kind of got to end abruptly. So His kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. Do you know why Nebuchadnezzar is in the ground? Do you know why we, we don't speak archaic Greek? Because all the kingdoms of men come and go. There is no man or woman so powerful as to be able to elongate their kingdom for all eternity. There is only one who is able to establish his kingdom and cause it to go and to be an everlasting kingdom. And that is God. And the king of that kingdom is Christ. Put your faith in the king. He is able to keep you and to sustain you to your dying breath, O believer. Trust in him in your darkest of days. He will comfort and keep you. He never will fail. I've not been on this earth long, but as long as I can remember, I've been a believer. I know I have. And not because of me, because I'm an idiot. I, if there's a way to screw something up, I'd do it. I just remember God's love for me. From my earliest, as, as long as I had memory, I, know, I just know Christ has loved me. And I'm very thankful for that. And I've done awful things in my life. If you knew all the things that I've done, you'd put spike strips up so I couldn't get in the parking lot. And my God has never abandoned me. And no matter what I've gone through, he has, he has remained steadfast and his love has remained steadfast and his hand has never been withdrawn. And I can't say with Christ, why have you abandoned me? Because he's never abandoned me. He has been true to himself, to me, and his covenant unbroken. Believer, trust in him. And if you are here today and you, do, and you, don't, you say, I don't know God, and I, I can't say I am a believer. 
Put your trust in Him whose dominion is from everlasting to everlasting and whose kingdom has no end. Great is His love and great is His faithfulness. His grace is greater than all your sins. You don't need to clean yourself up. You can't do it. You'll only make it worse. His blood will wash away the most scarlet of sins. Entrust, to the, entrust yourself to the one who is able to keep you and who has the power and authority to present you blameless. Let's pray. That was the abrupt end. Great and mighty are you, O Lord, O King of the nations, who will not fear you and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. Praise your name. Praise your name. Bless us as we go from here, O God, no matter how severe the trial, no matter how deep and great the loss, may we give you praise and honor and glory and entrust ourselves to you while we cannot answer all the questions and while we cannot give reason for all that occurs. We know that you are just and good. You are mighty. You are true. Your love endures forever and your faithfulness to all generations. Your love wraps us up. May we entrust ourselves to you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen.